Hey everyone, welcome to episode 4 of the Traveling Developer Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to start a series on cryptocurrency reviews. So I'm going to pick a specific cryptocurrency and talk about just that one and explain what makes it different than the other ones, um, special or any long-term goals of that specific currency. And of course, I have to start with Bitcoin, the very first cryptocurrency ever. Uh, So we're going to start from there and then move on to the other ones uh, in other episodes. So Bitcoin, I discussed it briefly in another podcast where I talked about what is blockchain, what is a cryptocurrency, and how that relates to Bitcoin. So I'm going to repeat a few things in that, a little bit of the history about Bitcoin. It was first created in 2009 by a guy by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, it's a big controversy on whether it's an actual person or a group of people because no one knows who this Satoshi Nakamoto really is. And the reason he, she, or they created it uh, was in response to the financial crisis, basically, in 2007-2008. He saw, they saw, (laughs) I don't know how to reference this person, this uh, hidden person. Um, They saw that the banks were failing people um, where people would usually trust the bank. If you put your money in the bank, you don't expect it to disappear. You don't expect that bank to lose your money. And, or, um, and that's exactly what was happening. A, a ton of banks were failing uh, due to the housing crisis, and a lot of them went out of business. A lot of them got bailed out that may, maybe not, sh- maybe they shouldn't have because they kind of failed the people. They failed their customers. And so... Satoshi Nakamoto came up with the Bitcoin white paper. And the Bitcoin white paper is literally just a, a short documentation on what they see as the solution to this banking problem. And the solution was a decentralized currency. So right now, if you, have, if you buy something from the coffee shop or Amazon, you're using a dollar or a euro or any type of country currency, and it depends on what country you're in. So the country owns the currency itself, and they decide whether there is more dollars in the U.S. economy or not. Um, so that can fluctuate the price, but it also makes it stable. So if you live in a place like the United States, you believe in the dollar. That's, I mean, that it's been around for years and years. You believe it's going to be stable, and it probably will be. But there are instances in history where a country's currency has failed and went from valuable to absolutely zero. Um, And you can see it in some countries right now, uh, Venezuela, there's the, uh, they're kind of pumping the the economy with dollars or the Venezuelan dollars and everyone that has that money in that country um, the more money that gets flooded in there, the less valuable their money becomes. So if, say, you had $10,000 in the bank account and the market was flooded with cash, that $10,000 can theoretically be worth $1,000 or $500 or $100, um, really depending on how severe it is. Uh, so there are multiple instances of this happening in history, uh, but this is not a history class, so I will move on from that. Um, so, yeah. That's why it was initially created, and it was literally just a white paper. It wasn't any code. It wasn't anything functional. It was just a white paper of an idea of how to use uh, cryptography 
and combine that with a currency to create cryptocurrency and the first cryptocurrency as we know is Bitcoin um, so since it was created in 2009 uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs in 2009 I'm sure 99% of the people never even heard of it um, since it was brand new people really didn't think it would be worth anything it was kind of a new experiment in, in the financial world um, at one point in time there's a there's a well-known story of someone buying a single pizza with 10,000 Bitcoin I think uh, something around there and now that pizza is probably worth a couple trillion dollars um, so it's come a long way since 2009 and even in the start of 2000 or 2017 it was around a thousand dollars two thousand dollars and it is at ten thousand dollars now talking in january 31st 2018 um and it shot up to almost twenty thousand dollars in november of 2017 so it's quite volatile and that's purely because people are still trying to figure out what it's actually worth what it can do and the long-term benefits of actually using it. So I'm going to get a little bit into the actual technical side of it. If you know anything about Bitcoin or heard about it, there's a lot of speculation into what it is, what it does. Is it a bubble? Is it worth nothing? Is it worth a million dollars? It could be all true. Um, but at the, at the core of it, there's only... Right now, there's 16 million Bitcoin in circulation at the moment, and there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin ever. So when it was created, it was kind of emulating gold in that there is only ever a certain amount of gold on the planet. So that's what creates its value. Uh, if you go down the sh if you could go down the street or go anywhere and like mine your own gold, then gold would be not worthless, but it would be worth as much as you could use it for for building materials and not as a precious metal. So um, Bitcoin was emulated in gold. You can never have more than 21 million. So that's why you could kind of predict the price of it a little bit. You're not gonna, obviously not going to predict the price of it, but it's really what you see Bitcoin becoming. So all the money coming into it recently is speculative money of what it could become one day. Obviously, you're not going to go down the street and buy a, uh, a coffee with Bitcoin. Right? Technically, you can actually in a few places, but very few places actually support that. Um, you can't go to the uh, auto show and buy a car in Bitcoin or a house in Bitcoin. But there are some instances of people trying to be new first to market. Uh, there's a lot of apps. Um, I know recently in the news, uh, Starbucks it was talking about not using Bitcoin and maybe using another cryptocurrency. Uh, Square Cash just came out with a new app where you could buy in the Square app, you could buy Bitcoin and you could sell Bitcoin for cash. So think of cryptocurrency in general, not just Bitcoin, but cryptocurrency in general, uh, like the early stages of the internet in the 90s. No one knew why they would need email why they would need the internet because there was nothing for them to compare it to um, they seem to be just working just fine without the internet so why do you need it now 
and you could kind of see the same thing happening with cryptocurrency and people can't really see the future and why if the dollar works then why fix it um so i feel like that's just the idea of people hating change or or yeah people not liking change that much um and so now some of the uh arguments around bitcoin is okay you could buy it but it's not exactly super easy to buy yet you can't just uh go to your store and buy some uh bitcoin you have to sign up for either a coinbase app or Robinhood, the uh, stock trading platform, just introduced uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, actually. So people are slowly adding more and more support for these cryptocurrencies, and that's what will grow the, the value and the actual use cases of these cryptocurrencies. Uh, and one of the arguments of why Bitcoin won't work in the long run is its scalability issues. So being the largest cryptocurrency in the world um, and having a code base uh, you, you had to realize that Bitcoin literally is just code it's code functioning uh, in a decentralized manner in that uh, you don't need a third party to confirm or deny any transactions the network itself will confirm or deny the transaction so you're removing a lot of fees that typically a credit card company would charge you but there are still fees involved in that uh, there's people called miners that are the ones confirming or denying these transactions based on the legitimacy of them. And that's how these new Bitcoin are getting created. So right now there are 16.8 billion Bitcoin. And if you remember correctly, I said that there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. So where are the rest of the Bitcoin? So, like I said, these the rest of the Bitcoin are being created through this uh, approval and denial process, and the miners are getting paid to approve or deny legitimate um, transactions. And so, as I think the the date of it will hit twenty one million is in twenty thirty something. It's in quite a few years from now, so it, we still have a little while. And as time goes on, the it gets harder and harder to mine these Bitcoin because the, theoretically it become more and more valuable. Um, and so it's not free to transact. And the argument is that it costs too much to use it as a currency. So yes, a, if you make a transaction, the credit card company takes a fee, typically around two or three percent. Um, but two or three percent of ten dollars is very small, um, and you don't really even think about it. But since Bitcoin has grown so fast um, lately, the more and more transactions are taking occurrence on the Bitcoin network, which is increasing the price of creating a transaction. Um, and the reason for this is that the when the blockchain, which is holding these trans, this list of transactions, every time a new one, a new transaction is made, it goes on top of this blockchain, and the blockchain gets larger and larger. And the size of the blockchain, or the blocks, aka the little boxes on the blockchain where these transactions go, are limited to a certain size. And so it may take 10 minutes, 20 minutes to confirm 
a transaction and cost a couple dollars. Um, if you're moving a couple thousand dollars, a couple th dollars or twenty dollars isn't a big deal. But if you make a transaction for a five dollar coffee and it costs twenty dollars to make that transaction, that obviously is not going to work. Um, so there are absolutely issues in the Bitcoin network, but you must remember it is just code, so it can be approved. And I think that's that's the thing that a lot of these uh, newcomers in cryptocurrency um, don't realize is that just because it's not like the dollar where you, you can't change it. It's the dollar is the dollar, and the government says it's worth this much, and that's that's the end of it. Uh, Bitcoin is basically code, and the currency is these hashing functions or um, a cryptographic key which is being tracked on the Bitcoin network. So there can be improvements made to the network to fix these problems. And uh, there's a ton of smart, very, very smart people working on the improving these issues. But since there's so many people on the network, it's a right now it's a hundred and seventy trillion one million billion sorry not trillion hundred and seventy billion I can't count a uh, hundred seventy billion dollar market so I mean that's a large market and you have to do some serious uh, planning to make sure you don't disrupt the already existing platform so yes things are being updated and one of those things is called the lightning network so that's one solution that is looking to increase the uh, transaction time and be able to have uh, micropayments within the Bitcoin network and the way this does it is it kind of creates not to get too technical but it creates its own network so you have the Bitcoin network running alongside the lightning network and the lightning network kind of connects people peer-to-peer -peer. and if you're making multiple transactions with that person you don't have to talk to the Bitcoin network immediately you could talk to them after you're done the transaction and so it's cheaper to bunch up a bunch of transactions and not have to interact with the actual Bitcoin network which is clogged at the moment for every single transaction um, and there's also SegWit and there's a bunch of other things that the Bitcoin developers are working on to improve the network. And so while it may not seem like a currency at the moment, um, there's a lot being done to help improve that in the future. So I, I don't really, all these articles or YouTubers saying that Bitcoin's done, it's over. I, I just don't see how that's possible. Um, Especially if you've seen the the market, you can see Bitcoin is one of the few, actually the only cryptocurrency that actually has a history. Since it was created in 2009, you can see the ups and downs, and there's kind of a consistent upward pa uh, pattern to it. Um, a lot of the other currencies have only been around for a year or two at the most. Um, so if you look at the history of Bitcoin, there is a there is a, a trend of people getting excited and then crashing, getting excited and then crashing. But in the overall trend, it's an upward trend towards the future. So I still believe in it. It is the only cryptocurrency that has a name brand as well. So 
you may not know what a cryptocurrency is. You may not know what the Lightning Network is or SegWit or the code involved in it. Um, but you've heard the name Bitcoin, and it's not, that's not something that's going away. Uh, just the, the name presence itself says a lot. Um, and so that's one major reason why I think Bitcoin will succeed in the long run. This is not investing advice, by the way, but this is my opinion. Um, and also the huge amount of developers working to fix these problems. These are all known problems that they're working on. And just because a lot of the other cryptocurrencies, no one talks about the problems they have, um, doesn't mean they have the same issues as well. But since Bitcoin is the top is the top cryptocurrency, that's the one everyone likes to talk about, say whether it's, its value is going to crash or it's going to go to 100,000 or a million or whatever. Um, but the overall outlook on Bitcoin, I think, isn't a positive one. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my view on Bitcoin. If you have any questions about it, please hit me up. Um, and next time I'll talk about Ethereum. So Ethereum, I'm super excited for.